For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. In 1999, I was 18 years old, and I made the provincial rep football team. And uh, it was actually one of the things I was most proud of in my life at the time. Uh, we, we had one team as a province, and we were going to travel all the way from New Brunswick to, to BC Place and play in, in BC Place Stadium against all the other provinces. And before we were able to get there, we had to do some, some uh, sort of some uh, inter-squad games. And so we were playing a couple of games against Nova Scotia. Uh, one in Halifax and one in Moncton. And uh, the first one we played in Halifax was on uh, this really old artificial turf. Uh, and at one point in the game, I was pivoting around, going for the ball, and my knee, my knee just buckled. It, uh, it dislocated, and, I, and I, 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 I really badly damaged the ligaments in my knee. Um, went back to the hospital back home in Moncton and, and uh, had some x-rays and some work done and, and met with my family doctor. And my family doctor looked at my knee uh, and, and he said, listen, you badly sprained some of the ligaments in your knee. And he said, you're out for, for 8 to 12 months. And my response to my doctor, uh, and I should have thought through the professional, medical professional, as, as an 18-year-old kid, my response to my doctor was, no, you're wrong. Uh, I didn't say it out loud, but that was what I thought. Um, because I knew that if I, if I was out 8 to 12 months, I was going to miss the tournament, that I was going to miss the next ex exhibition game. I wasn't going to fly to BC. Uh, and, and it just was out of the question. It wasn't going to happen. And so I left the doctor's office and I went downstairs and I bought the most expensive athletic tape that Shoppers Drug Mart would sell. Uh, and so the next week, the next week we had our second exhibition and I, I taped my knee up really well to the best of my abilities and um, thought, okay, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just going to be fine. Uh, and I went back into the game and on the third play of the game, I, I came within an inch of a sack and thought, what does my doctor know? I'm doing great. The fourth play of the game, however, I got stretched out a little bit too far, and my knee buckled under me. The ligaments didn't have the, the, the strength to support me. And I completely severed my ACL and partially severed my MCL. I uh, had to be carried off the field. And 20 years later, I still struggle with the ramifications of that decision. Um, I had to have reconstructive surgery on my knee, and I still struggle when I'm running and pain all the time when the weather changes, pieces of cartilage floating around. Um, I, for me, it's, it's a real example in my life as, as I, I picture that moment I was in the doctor's office where I, I was listening to the doctor, um, but I didn't really hear him. I didn't care what he had to say. I already knew the right answer. I wasn't willing to be swayed by him. And so um, that's kind of what we're going to talk about here in the text this, uh, this morning. Matthew chapter 13, uh, starting in verse 1. The same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat behind uh, the sea. And a great crowd gathered around him so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, uh, saying, a sower went out to sow. Uh, and so, so Jesus is going to begin here in Matthew um, over and over again now using parables. And so there's sort of these themes that Matthew works us through when we've come out of uh, some of the, the miracle themes, and now we're going into more of the parable themes. Um, and, and Jesus taught in parables. It was these, these cryptic stories with deeper meaning. Um, but he taught in parables for a reason, was that he wanted to see who truly wanted to hear. Because he would, he would use this cryptic story um, that maybe on the surface didn't make a whole lot of sense. And if you really wanted to know the answer, you had to press and you had to ask Jesus. You had to, to continue to follow and, and listen some more. 
So a sower went out to sow, verse 4. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seed fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So again, Jesus, is, he's got this crowd that's been following him because of the miracles, because he's given them food. Jesus said, if you really want to know, you're going to press it and you're going to ask questions. You're not just going to let this sit. You're not just going to walk away going, that didn't make any sense. You're going to press in. He who has ears to hear will truly want to hear. Then the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, to you it has been given to you to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For the one who has, more will be given and he will have in abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Um, so it's, it's those who actually want to hear what Jesus is saying, who truly want to listen. They're the ones who will hear more because they'll press in, they'll ask more questions, they'll wrestle with the deeper meaning. For those who just want to coast by, not have Jesus really interrupt their lives, um, they're going to they're gonna walk through and they're going to walk away confused, not having it. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive, for this people's heart has grown dull. With their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Um, it reminds me again of, of going into the doctor's office and I only wanted him to confirm what I already wanted to hear. I didn't want to hear anything different. I wasn't willing to accept anything different. And so I think people were coming to Jesus with this same idea of, I already understand you. I already know what you're about. Just give me what I want and I'll be on my way. He wanted Jesus to confirm their, their prior understanding and Jesus wouldn't do it. Instead, he would speak in these parables and, and wait for them to come back and ask him, to linger around, to, to press in deeper and go, wait, what does this really mean? To, to, to linger on the question and to press in in relationship to find out more. Here then, the parable of the sower. And so um, many of the crowd presumably have left confused, not knowing. And it's those who linger around, maybe it's just the 12, or maybe, maybe there's some of the crowd who have gone, no, Jesus, please explain to, to us. We really want to know, we really want to understand what you're saying. So then he begins to understand, to, 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 to explain it to those who have, have followed up. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So the path is when the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, that the kingdom of God is entering in, that Jesus is inaugurating the kingdom of God. When, when that news, when that seed bounces on the path, it's not even given a hearing. It's rocky ground. There's no soil at all. It bounces off. There's no receptivity at all. That's the first type of soil. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. 
Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. So, so the, the good news, the gospel takes root and it starts to actually grow and there's life. There's this spring up and it's with joy. Um, but the thing with, with shallow soil is that there's only one way to grow and that's up. And so it looks really good on the surface. And sometimes it looks like it's growing really quickly, but there's no depth of, of root to it. There's no foundation. And so as soon as the sun comes up, as soon as trials come up in our lives, it withers away and it dies. And I've seen people like this who the, there's great joy in accepting that Jesus, what you're saying, that Jesus loves me and Jesus wants to forgive my past and Jesus wants to give me life in heaven. I vote yes to those things, but not realizing that that's going to come with surrender and it's going to come with sacrifice and it's not always going to be easy. And it's going to mean there's things that you enjoy doing that Jesus is going to tell you that you need to stop doing and things that you don't enjoy doing that Jesus is going to tell you you need to start and it withers and it simply dies because there's no depth to it. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word and it proves unfruitful. So again, it starts off well, but starting off well isn't the end of the story. Um, the worldly stuff comes in and it chokes out this truth. We see that the cares of the world being anxiety about our lives, about getting what we want, the deceitfulness of riches, the, 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 the temptation of just a little bit more, just a little bit more, and the desire for other things apart from the kingdom. The object for, that, that these people are yearning for is wrong, and, and these worldly cares choke out the kingdom growth, these thorns. And then finally, verse 23, As for what was sown on good soil... This is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. And so the whole point of the seed is actually to, to, to take root and to grow to produce fruit. And the, the beautiful imagery is a fruit is what does a fruit carry? But more seeds. And so, so um, not only is there fruit that grows in this tree, but each fruit carries more seed. And then each seed, again, it's this multiplication factor. But the whole point of the initial sowing of the seed is to produce fruit. And there's also, I think, an acknowledgement here, too, that Jesus says that some are capable of producing at different levels, and not all, all are equal. Um, but there's an expectation of fruit. Um, and, and I think that the call here for Jesus on, on us is to ask ourselves, what kind of soil am I? If the seed is the gospel for our, planted in our lives, what kind of soil am I? Um, if you're listening to these, maybe you're probably not the hard soil, the one that it bounced off, I don't care. I don't give it a listen. I'm not the path. But what about the shallow soil, which perhaps is selfish? What, what can I get from this right now? I need help now. And perhaps I, you know, there's a frustration when things don't go our way or when suffering comes. I thought God was going to make my life easy. Why has it gotten more difficult? You know, ask ourselves, maybe maybe there's some growth that the gospel seed is planted and, and it's taken some root and it's, it's starting to grow. But are there thorns that are, that are, are, are growing as well around us that, that are, are, are really at risk of choking this thing out? We're too busy doing our own thing and simply we'll lose the priority. We're chasing after money and stuff and placing our hope in other things. Is there desire for something more than Jesus? Or is Jesus a path to something else that we truly desire? 
Or are we the good soil? Are we, are we clearing this, this space out, making sure there's depth, that it doesn't have to grow as fast as we might want it to, but what matters is, is depth of root and strength so that we can produce good fruit in our lives. What kind of soil am I? And I think we have that choice and we need to examine our lives. And some of the, the questions that, that I think we need to ask ourselves, first of all, is, um, is realizing that just because there's some growth and evidence that the, this gospel has taken root in our lives doesn't mean the story finishes there. With those, those middle two seeds in those soils, that, that it started growing and it looked really healthy and promising at first. But what matters is not how it begins, but how it ends. And so question number one, does your view of the gospel allow a place for suffering? That just because we follow Jesus doesn't mean that everything is going to be smooth and easy and go our way. Do we have that kind of foundation understanding that in this life we will have troubles? Number two, does our view of the gospel see temptations in the world and the dangers around us and see that, that just because that's the way that our culture goes or the world goes doesn't mean that it's necessarily right, true, or good? And we look at the world through a different filter, different set of, of lenses of how we view truth. Are we prepared to walk into the world in that way? Not just assume because everyone around me does it, it obviously is right and true and good. Those can be the thorns that choke out the life. And finally, can you see the responsibility that we have for fruit? That the seed is planted not just to get a plant, but a seed is planted so that a plant grows and produces fruit and more seeds and the responsibility in our lives of not just saying, hey, look, there's, there's, there's leaves, but know that, that the fruit produces, that it, it gives, it provides, and it, and it reproduces. And so uh, I think that's the thought for us today coming out of the parable of the sower, is what kind of soil are you, and do we see the responsibility for fruit in our lives? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you once again that you show us grace, that you are the one who plants the seeds in our lives and we thank you for sowing them. God, help us to, to make sure that we are good soil, receptive to this truth, and that we would produce a harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold, and that we'd find joy in finding that kind of life. Help us to be good soil. Help us to spot shallow spots. Help us to spot the thorns around us. Give us the courage and the faith to root them out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hope you're having a great week. Let us know if there's anything that we can do to help walk alongside you. Talk to you again soon.